Hello, friend Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Today's episode brought to you by GameTime.co, the top app for getting any sort of last-minute deals on any sort of events happening in your area. Today, we're going to take a look at the player or players, plural, who need to be sure to be doing the heavy lifting for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jay offense. Also going to take a look at some good, bad, and the ugly of the Blue Jays schedule and more. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Craig Ballard. I am locked on the Toronto Blue Jays, have been for some time. Uh, Certainly, first and foremost, I want to thank you for spending part of your day talking Blue Jay baseball with me. Uh, I say locked on Blue Jay baseball for some time. Probably don't want to get into my age. I do feel old, but uh, in in the spirit of transparency and and us becoming friends, I, I will go ahead and admit that I was around for the drive of 85. That was 1985. That was the first time the Blue Jays made the playoffs. So go back a little bit uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays, yes. Now, in 92 and 93, that's the only seasons where the the, the buildup, the expectations, the hype, the excitement was what I see right now for Toronto Blue Jay baseball. Certainly in 2015, 16, recently, certainly there was playoff hype, playoff expectations, yes. But this, if the if the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays aren't all the way at World Series or bust status, they're at the very least approaching it. And I get why. I get why. I love the way this roster has been constructed. In particular, you go back to the trade deadline and in the offseason, the depth and the flexibility that's been brought in to this offense for John Schneider. And I think Don Mattingly is going to have quite a bit to do with lineup construction as well. Let's put it this way, Blue Jay management, the depth and the flexibility that Blue Jay management have with the lineup this season, I'm going to say it's unprecedented in Toronto Blue Jay history. I think the Jays will actually be amongst the league leaders this season for different lineups used. And the other teams at the top of that category will be there out of necessity, had a bunch of injuries, a bunch of guys not performing, things like that. For the Blue Jays, I think it's just going to be because of the depth and flexibility that this roster has been built to present, to, to create, to possess for the Blue Jays. Even with that said, I still think that the key to the Toronto Blue Jays offense in 2023, the heavy lifting has to be done by the usual cast of characters, not any of the new guys. I'm talking about the top of that lineup, George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. None of these three gentlemen performed to their potential last season. And for 24, 25-year-olds like Bo and Vlad, never mind performing to their potential or what their average season has been. We needed, we wanted steps forward and the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays absolutely require steps forward from these batters. George Springer, Bo and Vlad last season in wins, they combined to hit over 300 in losses. They combined to hit just 240 in losses. All three of their OPSs were in the 700s. This is completely unacceptable. When either, when any of these three hit a home run in their first or second at bat for the Blue Jays. So in other words, where the table setters got things going, where the catalysts like they need to be and are supposed to be for the Blue Jays, Jays went 17 and five in those games. So you see the importance these guys bring to the table. Let's deep dive this. George Springer, his slash line from last season, 260, bat, I beg your pardon, a 267 batting average, a 342 on base and an 818 OPS. None of those numbers. Now, none of those numbers are terrible, right? But none of those numbers are in line with, with, even his average season, let alone taking steps forward, even his average season, these were all significantly below average. All three of these batters, George Springer included, became ground ball machines last season. Bo Bichette, 21 double plays he grounded into last season. A career, like just ridiculous. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I call him Slim Daddy Vladdy. Slim Daddy Vladdy led baseball with 26 
double plays last season. Like, just mind-blowing to me. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Now, with Springer, we certainly know that a lot of that was due to the injury, right? He was dealing with an elbow uh, issue all season long. In spring training this season, he's been quoted as saying, it feels good to feel good. It feels good to feel good. George, music to my ears. So cause for optimism that we are going to see the sort of season that's way more in line with George Springer's potential, way more in line with the reason the Toronto Blue Jays brought him in to be their everyday leadoff hitter. Bobachet. How about Bo slash line last season? 290 average. On the surface, that's not bad at all. But as a Blue Jay fan, you know full well that heavy lifting was done. That work was done in September. Both September was an absolute video game. He hit over 400. His on-base percentage was 444 in September. Holy moly. His OPS in September was 1105. I'm not even sure that I knew OPSs went that high. These are video game numbers. He was absolutely incredible. That's what got that average up to 290. That's what got his on-base percentage up to 333. And that's what got his OPS into the 800s at 802. None of those numbers, though, are in line with Bo's potential. None of those numbers are certainly in, in line with a step forward from Bo. How about this season, though? Cause for optimism. He's having a great spring. But what did we see late August and September last season that led to those video game numbers? Because, no, I don't think Bo's going to have an entire season with those numbers. No, I do not. But it was the approach at the plate that was the difference maker. And that is sustainable. That is something that can and looks like it has carried over into spring training into the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. Bobachet really seems like somebody trying to find himself as a person, trying to find himself as a baseball player, in particular at the plate. I think we saw last season, and he's touched on this a little bit as well uh, recently, that She's kind of pulled in so many different directions. Everybody had an idea for him of who he should be as an a hit as a hitter, who, who who he should be at the plate, what sort of approaches he should have, and he he sort of felt like, on the surface, me looking at it there, felt like he was taking this all in and 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 really getting confused by things. End of August into September, things seemed to really get simplified. He seemed to be coming up to the plate with a locked in and a very sound approach and strategy. You could see it lifted his confidence and the the bow that we are seeing right now, that confidence looks like at an all-time high. If that approach, again, the, the numbers aren't going to translate. He hit 404 in September. That's not going to translate. But he should, should certainly be hitting in the 300s to his potential. If that approach at the plate that we saw in September translates over, we've seen it in spring training, so cause for optimism, then words like perennial all-star and for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, word, words like superstar are going to be accurate descriptions of Bo Bichette, and it's needed. Hey, I know he needs to work on the defense too, right? But right now we're talking about the heavy lifting for the offense. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., my favorite. Again, I call him Slim Daddy Vladdy. Vlad last season, uh, 274, 339 on base, and an 818 uh, OPS. Completely unacceptable. I understand that what I'm about to say is lofty, but I think that Vlad's average season should be the George Bell 1987 season. Now, Craig, that was, a, that was an MVP season. Guys, that was, that was the best season I've ever seen a Blue Jay have. George hit 308. That is the bare minimum for what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should be hitting. He hit anything below 300 is completely unacceptable for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 47 home runs Bell hit that season. Any season where Vlad's home run totals don't start with a four, I want to know what happened. And the 134 RBIs, now that's uh, that, that, that's way too lofty, right? But Vlad's RBI should certainly be in the high hundreds, you know, high, high, even into the 120s, right? If we're really having an open, honest conversation of his potential. Vlad's 2023, in fact, I think Vlad's career going forward is going to come down to pitch selection. It was my favorite thing always about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 
as he came up through the Blue Jays system, he was not willing to play the pitcher's little reindeer games. He forced pitchers to come into the strike zone. He would not expand his strike zone. And Vlad's swing in the strike zone, that controlled violence that Vlad brings the bat through the strike zone, it is an absolute thing of beauty. But what did we see in 2022? Inexplicably, Vlad again and again expanding his strike zone, willing to play the pitcher's little reindeer games and swinging and getting out on pitcher's pitch after pitcher's pitch after, on, after pitcher's pitch, completely out of line with what his potential is and completely out of line with what we usually see from Vlad. He's mentioned, that, he's mentioned recently actually, that the fact that he didn't get any first place votes for that great season, MVP votes for that great season he had in 2021, maybe weighed on him a bit, and he thought he had to do a little more in 2022. Now, as 2022 goes on, he can see he's not going to get to those 2021 numbers, starts to press even more, trying to hit that five-run home run, trying to hit three doubles on, on one pitch, right? We've seen that from other players in the past. I think we saw that from Vlad last season. Absolutely has to improve. The, the pitch selection for him and Bo need to be way more on point in 2023. Again, I'm going to say, guys, these three, George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., for the Blue Jays to hoist that World Series trophy, all three of them have to get MVP votes. All three have to be an all-star. All three have to be responsible for the heavy lifting for this offense. Now, let's get into some gameday.co because I, I finally have a good answer. I get asked all the time, you know, uh, Craig, something freed up on my schedule. I'm able to go to the Blue Jay game tonight or, or, or whatever it is. You know, do you have uh, an idea, a recommendation of where I can go to get some last minute tickets? I, I never had. Now I do. Gametime.co.com, right? CO, gametime.co. This is a fast and easy way to buy tickets. It's for any sports, music, comedy, theater, anything near you. Killer deals on last minute tickets. Best price guarantee. I absolutely love this best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over, over the tickets and the prices and that you can start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Here's the best price guarantee. Watch this. Now, if you find tickets in the same section in row for less game time, will credit you 110% of the difference. Pardon me. Yes, please. Wow. So absolutely nothing to lose. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. And what I really love, I love the flash deals. I love the last minute tickets, yes, but it's so easy to find and buy tickets. Two clicks and you're done. Image of the seat views, love that. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. I mean, <laughs> you name it, gametime.co has got you covered. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB. That's all one word. That's all caps, LOCKEDONMLB. That's going to give you $20 off your first purchase. I mean, yes, please. Terms apply. Now, again, create an account, redeem the code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download gameplay today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now it's time for our segment, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And for today, we're going to take a look at the good and the bad of the, uh, and the ugly of the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays schedule. Now, first of all, some housekeeping, right? Every team in baseball has a much different schedule this season. Gone is the unbalanced schedule. Unbalanced schedule meant that you played teams outside of your division three, sometimes six times. You play the teams in your division 19 times. That's paired back now to 13 games each season against teams in your division. So one three-game road trip and one three-game homestand against every team in your division is now gone, and you're going to play everybody in baseball now. The good, the bad, and the ugly, as far as the Toronto Blue Jays schedule, there's a lot in all three of these categories, so let's start deep diving. First of all, the good. 
This was a 92-win team last season. And the Toronto Blue Jays in the NL East, you have the Washington Nationals last place, Miami Marlins second last place. In the National League West, you have Colorado Rockies last place, Arizona Diamondbacks second last place. Four cellar dwellers that the 92-win Jays last season played a grand total of zero times. Never happened. This season, a dozen games against these lowly teams. Just from showing up on time for these games that should be an eight and four record for the toronto blue jays you're going to hope with with a break here or there that's more like a nine and three or a ten and two but regardless we see such an opportunity to really make hay with this new schedule for the toronto blue jays there are seasons where you see nine ten game west coast road trips there are seasons where you see west coast road trips derail the season how about the 2023 toronto blue jays schedule again this is all under the good category two west coast road trips both are just six games the hardest one will be, the. it's the first set of road games after the All-Star break. It's three at Seattle, nice little reunion with Teo, and then three at the Dodgers. Hopefully, remember this is the end of July, so hopefully Ryu is back by then and he and Mitch White can enjoy a nice return to Los Angeles. Now, those will be difficult games for sure, yes, and we'll talk more about that, those three in Seattle in the ugly category in a minute here. But if that's the toughest West Coast road trip of the season, that's not bad. That, that, that That's not bad. I, I don't... That's going to be a tough trip. Don't get me wrong on that, but it's not like a 9-10 game road trip where you only get one or two wins in there that derails a season. The other six-game West Coast road trip that the Blue Jays have is at the beginning of September. And listen to this one. September, right? Go time. That's the that's the stretch drive. That's the, that's the, that's the, the pennant month, right? In September. That's the stretch run. The Blue Jays will open that month of September with three at Colorado, Randall Gritchett's reunion, but they're sure to be a last place team. And then three at Oakland who's sure to be one of the worst teams in all of baseball. So my goodness, what a beautiful opportunity. And that's that's me saying this West Coast road trip is a beautiful opportunity for the Blue Jays to kickstart their month of September. I can tell you I've never felt positively about West Coast road trips ever in Toronto Blue Jay history, but these ones aren't bad, especially this second one leading into September. My goodness. After the All-Star break, the Blue Jays have 72 games. 40 of them will be in front of the home crowd at the Rogers Center while... The Blue Jays 72 and 45 at Rogers Center since returning to Rogers Center. At, uh, what what was that? Late July in in, in 2022, uh, 2021. I beg your pardon. And and let's let's remember as well that this is all going to come in the second half of the season. So if there are nuances and things that the Blue Jays have figured out to give themselves an advantage with these new ballpark dimensions, by the time the second half is here, the Jays have figured these things out by then. So an opportunity for a good home team to actually become a great home team and the timing of it, it all coincides in the second half of the season when you're making your run. In September as well, how about the 10-game homestand in September? Three against Kansas City. So again, September's the, the pennant month, right? It, it's go time to, to either get back in the race or to solidify your position in the race. Always a difficult month. Three at home against Kansas City. Yes, please. That's, a, that's another last place team to speak of. Four against the Rangers. Now that could get sticky. I do acknowledge that. That could get sticky. But if you look at the Rangers roster... Injuries may well derail Texas by the time September comes. That might be an easy one there. And then it finishes with three against the Boston Red Sox. Now, if you're a Toronto Blue Jay fan, there are things that are inherent with that, right? You hate the Yankees. You hate the Red Sox. There has never been a more goldener era. And I do realize I'm making that up. Yes, that term. But there has never been a more golden era, more goldener era for Toronto Blue Jay baseball when it comes to Jays versus Red Sox than right now. We're living it. Last 24 times the Blue Jays have played the Red Sox, they've won 20, pardon, 20 of those games, 20 and four. Last 10 games at Fenway, the Blue Jays have lost 
once. It's been absolutely insane do domination. So when I see Boston on the Blue Jays' uh, uh, schedule this season, I'll have it in the good category. The Tampa Rays. Now let's go to the bad category. Tampa Bay Rays will always be in the bad category for me. As a longtime Blue Jay fan, the Tampa Bay Rays, I'll tell you, are responsible for this right here. What was it the first five seasons of Tampa's existence? The Blue Jays won the season series all five of those years. In the 20 seasons, two decades since, the Toronto Blue Jays have won a total of four season series against the Tampa Bay Rays. In the last 15 years, 15 years, the Toronto Blue Jays have won the season series twice versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Even in the Bowen-Vlad era, they've played 34 games at Tampa in the Bowen-Vlad era. They've only won 13 of those games. Tropicana Field is a house of horrors. The, 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 the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays against the Rays period is a house of horrors wherever it's played. So that's always, for me, going to be in the bad category anytime we have to play Tampa Bay. How about the fact that under the bad category that the season starts with a 10-game road trip with no days off? Pardon? I've never even heard of this before. First of all, the Blue Jays' home opener is almost a full week later than anybody else's home opener. I don't know that I've heard of that before. There's some some really some really weird things here, I'll tell you, that, that I've just not heard of before. The Jays, not once, but twice, will have to endure being the visitors for all the hoopla of a home opener, obviously. Wednesday or the, the the first game at St. Louis. Obviously, that's a home opener. But games 8, 9, and 10 of this road trip are the Angels, Anaheim Angels home opener as well. Uh, from the schedule-wise, I don't think the Jays will run into uh, Shohei Otani as a pitcher. So depending how you feel, you might put that in the good category. You might put that in the bad category. I would put that in the bad category because I would love to see the Jays. Uh, I love when the Jays face Shohei. It's it, it's must-see must TV. It's a, it's a lot of fun. But of course, he's so darn good that avoiding him, you may well you may put that in the good category, and I wouldn't blame you. Still, still in the bad category here. Twenty-five of the thirty of the first thirty-seven games for the Blue Jays. Twenty-five of their first thirty-seven games this season will be on the road. Now, Blue Jays have been a good road team the last couple of seasons, but still, my goodness, twenty-five of the first thirty-seven, and immediately, immediately following that stretch is a stretch of seven. Games in a row with no days off. Usually getting one day off a week. That's a couple weeks. That's weeks plural with no days off. So the beginning to this schedule, very difficult for the Toronto Blue Jays. We saw some things in the good category that I'm excited about, but this is legit bad. The beginning of this of this schedule, very difficult for the Blue Jays. Hopefully they can at least tread water, right? Because the rest of the division isn't going to wait for the Jays' schedule to balance out for them to make a run. So hopefully they can at least tread water. Then in the second half, when we looked at that good, all those home games in the second half, boom, now the Blue Jays can make their push. How about the ugly? Let's go back to that weekend series at Seattle. Last year, and I say this is in the ugly because last year's series at Seattle was so ugly. My God, this is an amazing series every single season for the Toronto Blue Jays and their fan base, right? All the West Coasters, they head down to Seattle. The place is packed with Blue Jay fans. It is electric. It's special. Honestly, that, that's the word to use. It's a special atmosphere. It's a special scene. It's a special scenario for your Toronto Blue Jays. How about last year? These are usually three-game sets. This, last year was a four-game set. Game one was an eight to three beatdown. Seattle smashed them. Game two, Seattle hit a three run home run to walk it off in a heartbreaker. Game three, the Jays blew a lead late to lose heartbreakingly. Game four, the Jays blew a lead late to lose heartbreakingly. Like it was all bad. Just gave the fans the worst time. So come on, Jays. Got to be better than that this time around, right? And the final thing we'll look at in the good, bad, and the ugly of the Blue Jays schedule, and it's ugly. Canada Day, 16 and 27, the Toronto Blue Jays are on Canada Day. 
unacceptable when playing at home in on, on Canada Day 12 and 10 barely 500 playing at home on Canada Day you've got to be kidding me Toronto Blue Jays turned that around ASAP this Canada Day is a Saturday afternoon game against the Boston Red Sox so hey go Jays go please and thank you go Jays go let's get into some FanDuel information here because we know FanDuel my goodness so the tournament is upon us. We know that MLB right around the corner. We know that as well. So it's the perfect time to download FanDuel's app, the number one sports book in America. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000, $1,000. Goodness, that's a chunk of change. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe. It is secure. It is super easy to use. I'm a fan. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to point scores to to three-pointers, may you name it. You can make those bets. Plus, of course, FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout in the same game parlay. So do not miss your chance, again, for the first for the no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, locked on, all one word. You see it at the bottom there, all one word, all caps. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And of course, we will dive deeper into FanDuel next week as MLB about to enter go time. Now, in our third and final segment around here on Locked on Blue Jays, we'll usually go ahead and deep dive some numbers. So including today, there are six days that we have to find some sort of way to get ourselves through until it's go time for Toronto Blue Jays in the 2023 season. So that's the number we'll deep dive today. Significant franchise history when it comes to the number six. First off, let's get a trivia question going. Locked on Blue Jays trivia. Two Toronto Blue Jays. I'll give you some hints here. They're both former outfielders, and they were both very popular in their time with the Toronto Blue Jays. And they are tied for the most hits in a game for the Toronto Blue Jays at, of course, what's today's number? Six. Do you know who one or both of them may be? Drop me a comment there. Let's let's see what your guess is on that. Six is also the amount of American League East titles that the Blue Jays have won in their franchise history. The first, of course, the drive for 85. That was 1985. Again in 1989. Then a three-peat in 91, 92, and 93. And of course, 92 and 93 also came with World Series titles. Thank you so much. And again, the sixth and most recent one in 2015. Now that 1985, of course, was significant. It's the first one. That 2015 title, significant as well. Between 1993 and 2015, the Toronto Blue Jays have the longest playoff drought of any North American team. So any baseball team, any NHL team, any NBA team, any NFL team between 93 and 2015, all of them made the playoffs at least once, except your Toronto Blue Jays. And when the Jays did make the playoffs in 2015, that distinction, oh boy, went to the Seattle Mariners. So you can really see why the Mariners were willing to go all in last year at the trade deadline. They traded all their prospects to make sure they made the playoffs to, to get rid of that embarrassing streak that was theirs. Side note, that moved over to the Sacramento Kings, who are definitely going to make the playoffs in the NBA this season. So I'll have to follow up to see who's going to have that new drought. But yeah, that 2015 most recent Blue Jay AL East uh, championship uh, title, yeah, that was significant. Now, if you're talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball and you're talking the number six, you have to be talking Man Mountain Manoa, right? You absolutely have to. Where's number six for the Blue Jays? Is such a Toronto Blue Jay through and through. This guy's just so impressive. Are you like me? Are you absolutely stunned? Every single projection for Alec Manoa this season has him taking not just steps back, significant steps backwards. I don't get it. Every single projection has his ERA in the fours this season. How? Alec Manoa, 
to compare him to somebody in the past, I, I guess that's what's happening. But how can you compare Alec Manoa? Alec Manoa walked in the door with a two-seamer and a four-seamer that were major league ready. Alec Manoa's slider, especially against righties, should not even be allowed in baseball. We're supposed to be engaged in competition here in baseball. Alec Manoa's slider against righties is absolute domination. The only pitch that needed developing between his rookie season and last season was his changeup. Now, he doesn't throw the change to, to righties, just to lefties. And lefties had success in his rookie season. Last year, though, Manoa developed that changeup. If that continues, if that development continues, then we're talking four plus plus pitches. And between the ears, he is as impressive as any pitcher I've ever seen. And I, and I mean that he is wise and mature beyond his years. Uh, some on the outside of the fan base may be surprised to hear that, but, but he really, really is impressive between the ears. I don't see any regression coming from Alec Manoa. This won't be growing back if Alec Manoa's ERA is in the fours this season, right? Let's just go ahead and put it that way. How about we deep dive some of the numbers now? 34 and 17, the Toronto Blue Jays are when Alec Manoa starts for them. 34 and 17. They were 17 and 17 when Robbie Ray started during his Cy Young year. And remember, the Blue Jays only missed the playoffs that season by two games. They missed the play-in by one game. Wouldn't we have traded Robbie Ray Cy Young to get one or two more team wins? Because I think if the Jays made the playoffs, remember how well they were playing in September of 2021? The Braves won the World Series and the Jays dominated the Braves that season. I think if the Jays had made that play the playoffs that season, they were going to win the whole darn thing. So wouldn't we rather have more team success than Robbie Ray winning the Cy Young at 17 and 17? How about 16 and 8 at Rogers Center? Alec Manoa, the Blue Jays are 16 and 8 when the big fella toes the rubber at Rogers Center. Hold it. In the eight losses, the Jays average a little bit more than one run per game. So basically, if Manoa's on the bump at Rogers Center and the offense does anything, the Blue Jays win that game. How about versus the AL East? My goodness. Two and one with a 2.31 ERA versus the Yankees. Three, uh, sorry, and a whip of 0.917. Three and one with a 2.87 ERA and a 0.936 whip versus the Orioles. Four and two with a 1.42 ERA. I pop emoji and a 0.902 whip against the Tampa Bay Rays. Four and O. Oh with a 1.46 ERA, 0.919 whip against the Red Sox. All told, that's 13-4 and four for the big fella against the AL East, and not one AL East foe has a whip above one. Alec Manoa has been special. He's walked in the door dominating. Absolutely love this guy. And as I say, I love him between the years. He always talks about how he takes lessons from his losses, and you can see it on display. You can see it on display. I'm, I'm such a fan of this guy. Now, speaking of being such a fan, how about some love for Ultimate uh, Pro Baseball GM? Today's show also brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Now, if you are like me, then you've dreamt many times in your life about running a Major League Baseball franchise, right? Well, that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. You're the boss. You make the, the coaching staff decisions, uh, the, 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 the hiring and firing. You manage the team finances. You scout and draft players. You navigate your team through free agency. Uh, just an absolutely amazing way to take control of a franchise and an amazing, fantastic way for those friendly rivalries with your friends, right? This is a lot of fun. The Locked On hosts, for example, are in a big pool, and, and, and you know there's going to be bragging rights for this, right? That, that This is how I know that, that this Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is so fun. We're, we're using it on our end. And what I really like is once you download the game, you don't need to be in Wi-Fi anymore to play. Locked On Blue Jay listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the code Locked On. It's on, on the bottom there. Use the code Locked On. Now, that's in the game store, so make sure to check that out. 
Now, to download the game, simply head to BaseballGM.com, scan the code, or you can look up in the App Store. This That is ProBaseballGM.com. Ultimate, fan, sorry, Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. Absolutely want to thank you for spending part of your day with me talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball. Please leave your questions and comments. Absolutely want to, want to hear from you, want to be able to interact with you. Definitely enjoy your weekend. It's Friday, right? TGIF. So enjoy the weekend. It's our last weekend without Blue Jay baseball. Yes, please. Go Jays go.